Welcome to the Holistic Work Podcast. I'm Flip Brown, your host and founder of Business Culture Consultants. The mission of this podcast is to bring together individuals who want work to work well, who strive for a balanced and resilient lifestyle, and who have a commitment to social, economic, climate, and racial justice. Feel free to check out the whole series, along with other resources, at businesscultureconsultants.com. Thanks for finding your way here. In this episode, we'll talk about what is business culture anyway? A little over 22 years ago now, I remember clearly waking up, reaching for that ubiquitous sticky notepad, and writing down business culture consultants. I don't know where it came from, but sometimes great songs come to the writers in the middle of the night, so we'll take it. And when I started Business Culture Consultants, people would ask, well, Flip, what do you mean by business culture? Well, nobody asks that anymore, but it seems like they all have their different definitions. So we'll get to that definition in a minute, but right now I'd like to share a little practical experience of how we see and experience different cultures, and that is when we travel. So when I first started my position as the product manager for Look Alpine Products, a U.S. distributor of European-made ski equipment, ski bindings, accessories, and we were briefly in the snowboard market, I needed to travel to France. I needed to go to the factory and meet the other executives and understand how the products were made and how they wanted them to be marketed in the United States. And I was in my mid-30s, man, never really traveled internationally except for Canada and Mexico, but it was a real eye-opener. A couple little anecdotes. I was with the other executives in the employee cafeteria, and they had little bottles, like three and a half ounces of beer and wine. You could have one. You know, nobody was going to knock down five or six of them. So I got my little bottle of beer, and I sat down at my table uh, with the other guys, and, and one of them said, uh, we have glasses. And I said, well, that's okay. I'll drink out of the bottle. Guy frowns, looks at me, and says, we have glasses, meaning you American slob, we don't drink out of the bottle here. And then conversely, if you invite someone from France over to the States here in the midst of the summer when the sweet corn is fresh and just yummy, um, they will require a knife to cut the kernels off of the cob because only animals eat corn on the cob. It's just not civilized, it's not refined to do that. These are just two examples of the millions of different cultural expectations and norms that we experience in travel, sometimes even within the United States. When my parents sold our ancestral home in Michigan and moved to the Gulf Shores of Alabama because they like to play golf and my dad had had it with winter, I would go into a restaurant and say, what's your vegetable today, being a vegetarian? And they would say, oh, you know, we have green beans. And I'd say, are those cooked with fat back? Oh, yeah. You know, otherwise they don't have any flavor. These cultural norms are everywhere. And then when we go into businesses, when we walk in, if it is that sort of establishment, or we look at their website, there are visible artifacts, you might say, of their cultural norms and attributes. For example, when you enter a place that where the employees wear uniforms, well, the good news is you know exactly 
who works there. The challenge is you may not see them as individuals in the way that they would normally dress, but, you know, it's a reasonable trade-off. The challenge is when there are invisible norms that you only experience through conduct, connection, communication, and behavior. So the definition of culture that I'm heavily borrowing from Dr. Edgar Schein, one of my most important mentors who wrote the original Organizational Culture and Leadership book, which is now in its fifth edition. I don't know too many books that make it into their fifth edition. So this definition of culture is the shared patterns of assumptions, beliefs, and behaviors that guide people's actions and reactions, that provide the means for identifying and solving problems, for moving through conflicts, and essentially how to behave and what the organization looks like and feels like. So when you think about brands, one of my colleagues uh, in a brilliant statement defined a brand as the promise of a consistent positive emotional experience. So if I pick up a Fender guitar as a musician, it doesn't matter if it's made in China or made in their custom shop in Corona, California, it's pretty likely that I'm going to have a positive experience. If you like hot, cheap, fast food uh, served by often surly teenagers, then McDonald's provides a consistent uh, emotional response. And this is because of the elements of the culture that create the experience. When we are a new employee and we enter an organization or a business, almost always we're taught within the first few weeks you know, uh, we don't do it like that here, or, well, this is how we do it. And maybe they know why, but maybe they don't know why. It's just the way things are done. Now, since there is no optimal workplace culture, and since people can work in the exact same culture and have very different experiences, this is something that is deep and pervasive and therefore doesn't change easily. Because when you start to change one element of a culture, then in my experience, it's what I call the three-bucket rule. There's one group of people who say, yes, this change is good. I'm really in favor of it. Let's go for it. But then on the other end, there's often a group of people who go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, don't rock the boat here. I mean, what are you doing? You're going to just destroy all the good we have here. And then, of course, in the middle, you have the whatever Cultural change is not easy or quick. And that's why we've all been to great workshops uh, or read business books or gone to offsite retreats with the hope that it's going to change the culture. But all it does is raise our hope and then usually increase our cynicism. Or we just remember, you know, we went to this nice place, had some good food, played some bocce ball or whatever, and nothing changed. The biggest challenge with organizational culture is when there's a gap between the espoused values and the observed behaviors. And this is particularly true of the leaders. You know, the classic example of the manager who says, you have to be here, you know, when the store opens at nine, but they, of course, drift in whenever they happen to drift in. And that creates this gap between, wait a minute, I thought our value was this, but you're not exhibiting that in a consistent or authentic way, and it, it definitely creates problems. 
So culture is so multifaceted. It has to do with group norms, with conflict resolution, with decision-making, with power dynamics, with equity, diversity, inclusion. I could go on. There's so many elements. And I think the challenge is, can there be the conversations that really create open dialogue, even if that feels, or if it's difficult? And when a company or organization asks me if I'm willing to work with them, the owners, leaders, executive directors, whoever is in the position of designated authority needs to have one key essential attribute, and that is appropriate professional vulnerability. You know, years ago, I had a business owner call me and say, do you do team building? And I said, well, that word kind of means everything and nothing in, in my world. So what's going on? He said, well, I got a group of 12 managers here who aren't working well together. I think I need to bring in someone from the outside. I said, well, I may be able to help you. Do any of these 12 managers report to you? He said, yeah, they all do. Why? I said, so you'll be actively engaged in the project? He said, no, I just need somebody to come in and fix them. Well, I said, thank you, sir, because on that basis, I couldn't take your money. He goes, why not? He said, because you wouldn't get the results you need. But of course, he didn't understand. When we're drawn to leaders we have a felt sense of the congruency between what they believe and what they say and how they act. And so that can occur at any level. If you're not at the top of the pyramid of the food chain, you can still demonstrate leadership from your position by acting in that way that has integrity and purpose. Now, you might grow yourself out of the culture, and I do see that quite a bit, However, we all have an opportunity to make a difference in terms of the quality of our interactions, because at the end of the day, it's not how much money we took home, it's reflecting on the experiences that we have had. This also plays into the culture of customer service, and I'm always surprised, well, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, when, you know, in a stereotypical way, uh, the phone will ring, the call center answers it. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Brown. It does appear that your order was misplaced or, or not, not shipped yet. I tell you what, I will make sure another one goes out. And if you get the second one, you can either return it or, or keep it at no charge with our compliments. And then that person hangs up the phone and goes, what's with those idiots in shipping anyway? There can't be one culture of empathy and responsiveness for external facing customers and a different one for internal customers. And this is where the role of supervisor as coach is so important because there's always things to get done. The to-do list never ends. There's quotas. There's sales numbers to hit. You know, they're the metrics of the business, but it's the behaviors that really create the tone and the flavor of the culture. And if it was that easy to help people see, understand, take responsibility for, and change their patterns of behavior, I would be out of a job. I hope this gives you just a little bit of an overview of this complex subject, what is business culture anyway? Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Mm -hmm.
This concludes another episode of the Holistic Work podcast series. If you're interested in this and other archived podcasts, they are available wherever you get your podcasts or at businesscultureconsultants.com. You're also welcome to email me at flip.brown at icloud.com. This has been a production of Business Culture Consultants at Star Farm Studios in Burlington, Vermont. And thanks for tuning in. I'm Flip Brown, and may your awesome potential continue to unfold at work, in your life, and through your positive contributions to the world. Until the next time we cast another pod, be safe and strong.